Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Live and local. Local, local, local. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, stock market. Caution. Caution, caution. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. We have something scary happening. And this is just messed up that I have to say this out loud because I'm representing Wall Street. We have a State of the Union address coming up. And for some reason, Wall Street doesn't like that. Why? Because we don't know what's going to come out of the mouth of our president. We don't know how it's going to be reacted to or responded to. That's kind of crazy. I'm not trying to freak you out. I'm not trying to make a political statement. I'm just trying to tell you what the market sees and how the market's reacting. It's going to be a very much so America first. America's open for business. And we're better than the rest of the globe. We own a globe. We own a snow globe. What? That doesn't even make sense. Um, but yeah. So there's a little bit of caution on Wall Street right now. The healthcare sector is sliding after Amazon, Berkshire Hathaway, and JP Morgan announced that they're going to be partnering to form a healthcare company. Old man Warren Buffett's at it again with young man Jeff Bezos. And then you get Jamie Dimon from JP Morgan Chase. What the hell is this triumvirate doing? Really? And the answer is yeah. There's something going on there tied towards healthcare. So we got that to think about. So the healthcare list sector is like, um, I, I, I just kind of need to breathe for a second. Because we, those are three kind of disruptors, and they're not the type of people that hang out together. So we're seeing the market kind of pause a little bit. Maybe a pause that, um, how shall we say, lovingly refreshes. Stock market had a bad day on Monday, and it happens. We don't always go higher. The surprising thing is how long it takes sometimes the market to say, we need a bad day, we need a bad week, we need a bad month. People have been calling for a pullback for a while. We want the market to go lower. So every time the market goes up 1%, 1%, 1%, we're like, hey, we had a great nine, eight years, and it goes up. 12 months in a row. Hey, we had a great nine years. When's this thing going to take a day off? It's like that little Energizer bunny. So negative disposition day is taking root. 
despite better than expected earnings from McDonald's, from Aetna, Pfizer, Corning, and Donaher. There's a case to be said that the market's already rallied ahead of all the good news. So this week we're going to get Amazon.com, Apple, Facebook, Boeing, Alphabet, i.e. Google, Microsoft. And they've all rallied for years. Is this the year where good news is treated as, well, we kind of knew that. Apathetic. Good news is apathetic. Good news is bad news. No, I don't want to say bad news. Good news is apathy. Sell the news. Sell the drama. Now, we've talked about this pullback that, that needs to happen for years. There's a little belief right now that maybe we are seeing rise in interest rates. And the, the free money of the years past is now being kind of like sold, right? A little bit of a belief in that. A little bit. There's news that J.T. Morgan Chase, Amazon, and Berkshire are partnering to create that independent company, which is free from profit-making incentives and constraints to help reduce healthcare costs for U.S. employers. Doesn't that sound wonderful? I don't know if you are a small business person or if you even look at your paycheck. But I'm pretty sure you've, you've used healthcare in the last 12 to 24 months, whether it be your dentist care or what have you, and you're like, what am I paying all this money for? And they still want more money? And then there's a bill after you go, and it's like, whoa. Didn't health insurance used to be like, you would go, and there's like, oh, Mr. Black, there's a $10 copay. And you'd be like, copay, schmopay, here you go, $10. And it was like all done and wrapped up in a bundle. Apple pulling back Deutsche Bank has become the latest outfit to voice concerns about iPhone 10 demand. When the iPhone 10 was first being sold to us, it looked like there was a six-week wait out of uh, China for you to get your phone. And now you can like walk into a store and get it. Like, where did the imbalance come from? And in previous cycles, Apple's had 10% pullbacks, even though the market hasn't 10% pullbacks. But Apple has had three 10% pullbacks in the last year. And every single time, the, the Wall Street steps up and buys. Are they going to do it now? There's a lot of uncertainty surrounding tonight's State of the Union address. And I'll be honest with you, I've been looking to change my life for a while. And one of the things that I'd like to do is not watch the State of the Union. <laughs> not watch Yahoo. Not watch news. Figure out how to sell the drama and like unplug and, and get off the grid, so to speak. Um, especially in the evenings. So, a lot of uncertainty. And then you, tomorrow, you get the Federal Open Market Committee. Will they or won't they raise interest rates? And you're like, shoot, is this really a question? The overextended market's hitting a bit of a wall. The price action momentum is cutting the other way right now for the time being. We're good with most of this, right? We're not going to panic. We must. We must. We must not panic. Home prices rose in the month of November. Woo-hoo! Wait, it's almost February. Why are we talking about that? Well, that's how the S&P core logic case shiller index works it comes out a couple of months late but it, it's a pretty good sampling it compares prices to prices it rose 6.2 percent in november up from 6.1 percent the previous month 16th consecutive month of at least five percent year-over-year growth it blends in basically 20 of the largest cities and some of the cities are kind of unfairly represented like 
Home prices in Seattle continue to lead the pack as the city reinforces its position as the hottest housing market in 2017. Um, Seattle home prices up 12.7% year over year. Holy mackerel. So many, many, many years ago, we got first introduced to Game of Cards on Netflix. And we're like, politics isn't that crazy, is it? And right now we're thinking, what's, what's going to happen with our president tonight? How crazy is it? So we've got a lot going on. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Take a break. We'll be right back. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Mortgage rates have jumped to the highest point in four years, an ominous sign for housing. <sighs> Most people don't look at real estate as, you know, oh boy, I'm paying X amount of dollars for this house. They go, I could, I, my mortgage payment's 3400 and I, I, I'm good with that. Am I good with 4400 No. Am I good with 5400 No. Am I good with 2400 Better. So when mortgage rates move, the price of your, you know, how much home you could afford goes down when they move up. And when they go down, you can afford more home. And a huge sell-off in the bond market is about to make buying a home much more expensive. Mortgage rates, which loosely follow the 10-year treasury, um, has been rising now for the past few weeks. And we're starting to see mortgage rates move higher. Some lenders, you know, will be at 4.5% on their best-case scenario for 30-year fixed quotes right around, you know, this month. Um, that's the highest rate since 2014. The average rate on a popular 30-year fix started the year around 4%. It's now 4.5%, essentially. So it's still very historically low, but it's more problematic than you think, and it's moving higher. You can jump online and learn more at Rob Black Shoe, Rob Black Shoe, get the podcast of the show. But let's bring in Tony Mendez right now talk a little bit more about mortgage rates and, and housing and issues that we need to be thinking about. Tony? Joining me now, Tony Mendez from BayAreaLoanSource.com. Good morning. Morning. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, in the financial planning world, a lot of people will ask a lot of basic questions and then they'll go off and try to do it themselves. I would imagine if I was going to go off and try to do a mortgage yourself, that I would probably start with a mortgage online calculator. What's your initial thoughts on the online calculators tied towards mortgages that you see? I think it's a good start. Um, uh, the the saying that we have in the business is to start early, and that includes things like figuring out what your payments can be based on a certain purchase price, based on your down payment, but ultimately it does come down to like your credit. Uh, that's going to help you determine what interest rate you're going to end up, and then you got to fit that into a program um, with your down payment. So becoming a homeowner is a pretty complicated process, and it's a major financial commitment. And figuring out the true cost requires some research. It's it's. I don't think online calculators in the financial planning world are great because some of them don't even calculate like inflation or like a weaker dollar, stronger dollar and things along those lines. Um, so a lot of people turn to these online calculators to determine what they can afford and can't afford and what it's going to look like or not look like. And it doesn't always play out that way. For instance, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau outlines two major problems with mortgage calculators. They only consider the principal and interest payment. And they are only as accurate as the information you provide. And that's the, the, the part. junk in, junk out. Yeah. I didn't think of it that way, but 
That's how, what I refer to my diet. <laughs> junk in, junk out. Now, we use that term in the business all the time because, um, you know, p- people tend to be a little bit more aggressive with um, things like rent versus buy calculators. And they say, oh, if this house appreciates 3% a year, um, my break-even period is three years instead of if it was 1%, it'd be eight years. So uh, you, people get a little bit aggressive and it can be a junk out, junk in, junk out type of scenario. So you, you ultimately need to look at the you know, what program and fits with your credit and what down payment works with your, and then you have to look at the tax benefits and the the interest deduction, the tax, property tax deduction, the principal payment that you make every month. And then something that a lot of these calculators miss is something called lost opportunity, which is what you lose on your down payment. So things that are easily forgotten, property taxes, private mortgage insurance, homeowners insurance, utilities, homeowner, homeowner association fees, which, what a pain in the butt. I've got a property in North Carolina where it seems like there's a problem with the payment every year. And literally, I'll sign up for homeowner's fees of 40 bucks, And they'll go up like $2. And this includes swimming pool and golf course. They'll go up $2. And they'll be like, Mr. Black. They'll write this legal letter. Like, if you don't send us the money that you owe us, we're going to sue you. And I'm like, how much money do I owe? And it's like $2. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And it's just because it resets and uh, sometimes your credit card doesn't reset kind of thing. Um, closing costs, what you're required to pay up front. Um, that could be up to 5% of the home purchase price. So online real estate resources, Zillow is trying to fix the problem. Last month it, it relaunched its real estate site uh, called realestate.com. It's tied towards millennials looking for their first home. Their new all-in monthly pricing tool enables you to see every possible monthly expense, which is, I think, a great idea. And again, you can find that calculator at realestate.com. Yeah, there's there's certainly some things that you could miss if you were just using a regular mortgage calculator and saying, how much is my payment? Um, there are some obvious tax benefits that you have to factor in. And then the other expenses, uh, they're missed a lot, Rob. Um, we, we're not getting people calling saying, hey, we bought this house. It's a little bit too expensive. We'd never get that phone call. But you can you can tell um, uh, that people are stretching out. And I'm, I'm quite surprised still that our, our debt ratios are uh, allowed to go so high right now, um, even in a qualified mortgage era where they said they were going to cap them. But if you have a little bit extra money, you have a little bit extra uh better credit, you can go a little bit higher in the ratios, but they still don't factor in all of those other expenses that you can get on a house, the utilities, the trash, um, the maintenance, um, and so on. So for more information, Tony is a mortgage lender. You can contact him at bayarealoansource.com. That's bayarealoansource.com, or you can listen to him here on KDOW AM 1220, Thursdays at 6 p.m. And I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing more in the Case-Shiller Index. Um, it was a pretty good month. Um, when it was last reported, Seattle saw 12.7% increases in prices. Las Vegas, 10.6%. San Francisco, 91 Uh D.C. prices, Washington, D.C., rose just 3.3%. Tonight, we get the State of the Union address. We also are going to start digesting what the heck just happened with Amazon, Berkshire, and J.P. Morgan. And the three of them, unlikely friends or unlikely partners, are suddenly partnering to tackle employee health care costs and delivery. We've kind of known for a while that Amazon's going to do something with health care. It just makes sense. They're trying to disrupt retail and they're trying to disrupt industries like delivery. And then you start thinking about old people. As we age, we're not such good drivers anymore. 
So the three companies announced they are teaming up to explore ways to address health care for their U.S. employees with the aim of improving employee satisfaction and reducing costs. Um, like the idea, an independent company which is free from profit-making incentives. Doesn't sound like I trust it, but I will for now. Gas prices show no sign of falling in the U.S. Retail gas prices last week rose to a national average of 358, up more than three cents from the week before. Ouch. Uh, you can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, 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 investing and retirement. You know, honestly, I, I, I've aged and you have too with the show. I started the show 20 years ago as a kind of a stock jockey especially tech stocks. And it was a golden age of investing in tech stocks. And you could put throw down money in Yahoo or Excite at home and, and do well. And then I started thinking, like, hey, let's, let's give a bigger picture because people have families. And then I'm starting to get a bigger, bigger picture. Let's get people to retirement. So it always evolves, and you should as well. Let's talk with Patrick O'Hare about this evolving stock market and what's what's the heck is going on right now because it's not feeling so good. Mr. O'Hare, uh, briefing.com, excellent source of information. I start my day every day with your page one column, and um, it's not so cheery these days, is it? It feels like a little more realistic, a little more like, hey, it, it doesn't always go up. Um, how are you doing, Mr. O'Hare? I'm good, Rob, and I guess I say Happy New Year to you. I don't think I've spoken to you yet in 2018, so it's good to be back with you. And the uh, the market has certainly uh, market has certainly uh, had a great start to 2018. So let me lift your spirits uh, if I can. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, you know things today uh, don't look that great, uh, but since the year started, things have been you know just absolutely terrific. Um, you know at the at weekend last week. The S&P 500 was up 7.5% for, for the year, which for some people is a year. You know, they you know could basically close up shop and, and be content to take 7.5% and wait for next year to roll around. But So, you know, really what you've got going on now, though, is you've got a retracement of, of some of the, let's just call it some of the speculative excess that kicked in in the month of January as people were chasing those gains and the, and the market higher. Uh, so this is... Nothing that should be seen as as surprising, um, but I suppose the sense that one gets that it's nerve wracking as it is uh, on a two day sell off underscores this idea that the market had gotten ahead of itself and was uh, you know was due for some type of corrective activity, uh, and this may be the beginning of it. So it feels a little uneasy uh, because you see big point losses happen all of a sudden after the market had been going so well and this abrupt turn in sentiment and the reversal in the price action momentum, you know, uh, makes people feel a little bit uh, nervous, understandably so. So it's been a while since we've had a down market. And I remember back in the 1990s when we had down months, I wouldn't even open my 401k statements. I wouldn't even open the statement. What do you think the psychology is going to be if we do have a down market that's maybe last three months or, you know, three years, are we prepared to handle a down market again? Because I remember yeah, the last time I, w- I was afraid to look at my statements. 
Well, you know, I read an article yesterday. I forget where it was, but it was talking about this idea of that, uh, you know, a lot of people are, are, are playing with house money, so to speak. And because okay. they are, uh, you know, any any pullback may be a little bit easier to digest than it would be otherwise. So, um, so in three months from now, you know, if you if you you know see a four hundred one k statement that shows a you know a, a net loss over that three month period of time, yeah, you know, I think people are going to be a little bit nervous. I guess the thing when I when I consider things here and the here and now is that what, what worries me really is that you've had a lot of people that have not been participating in this bull market. Right. right, and and what I've heard in January is that you finally have uh, the millennials starting to warm up again to the stock market as an investment idea because reportedly, um, you know, they saw what happened to their parents' portfolios during the financial crisis, and 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 even some of their own portfolios for the leading edge of those millennials, and and so they distanced themselves from the stock market. They went to cash, you know, which yielded. Zero, practically, um, you know, might have gone to to some bonds, which were you know low yielding investments as well. But now, you know, they're starting to warm up again to the stock market, perhaps right at a time when it's due to suffer, uh, you know, an overdue pullback. Um, and and I worry that you know that it could be you know just the. Uh, you know, a terrible inflection point for their own respective sentiment and and their own investment outlook. And, uh, you know, and I think we've seen over the course of time, the stock market is a great wealth generator. Uh, but unfortunately, in the period in which these millennials have kind of come of age, they've seen it destroy a lot of wealth as well. And they've been distancing themselves from the stock market. So the fact that they're getting in now at potentially a, a near-term top uh, and seeing things roll over could force them to pull right back in and go back to cash and perhaps, um, you know, not come back again. So uh, so it's a very uh, tenuous period here, I think. Um, um, but ultimately, I think everyone should be aware that the market has has pretty much had a vertical ascent to start 2007, uh, 2018, and it should be pulling back some. Just uh, it's, a healthy, uh, it's healthy price action, really, and you want to see it consolidate here rather than continue to go vertical. And I talk to people on the street on a pretty regular basis, and honestly, I think we're all pretty happy with the last 20 to 30 years of the stock market, and we probably have paid some of it forward. So I'm okay with it, but... It, it does feel weird going through it. It's like uh, turbulence. We know the plane's going to land safely, but when you're doing it, people make some bad decisions and they panicked. And I'm trying well, to help and people. I'm trying to walk myself through it, but I'm also trying to walk other people through it too. Sure, and I think a really important consideration for people to, to take account of is that you have a stock market that's, that, on an absolute basis, is trading at a high valuation, uh, and the, the the ability for the market to hold up and to continue to trade with a premium multiple has been dependent on the persistence of low interest rates. So as interest rates continue to come up, return prospects are going to diminish, and right. and it's it's the pace of those uh, interest rate gains or interest rate increases that will, uh, I think, lend some some proportionality to the volatility you see within the stock market. So in other words, if you see interest rates move up quickly, uh, you might get a lot more volatile stock market action and some more downside action than you've seen, been accustomed to seeing in recent years uh, as, as investors worry a little bit more about valuations. Um, but if interest rates are able to stay down and remain historically low, uh, you may get some volatility, but it may not be as um, as concerning as as 
the potential is uh, should you see you know a move in the 10-year note yield above 3%, uh, and then I think you get a market that gets uh, the plot really thickens there for stocks because you now have a competitive alternative that hasn't existed for the stock market for some time uh, in the form of some risk-free instruments. I'm speaking to the one and the only Patrick J. O'Hare from Briefing.com. You can find him at Briefing.com, starting with his page one outlook every single day. There's so much more content there. Um, this morning, when I turned on the television, I always check Bloomberg before I get my, you know, my coffee done. I saw three of the most powerful people in finance. <laughs> Jeff Bezos with Amazon. Wow. And he's partnering with Warren Buffett. Whoa. And he's getting together with Jamie Dimon, one of the greatest bankers of all time. And bankers are pretty powerful characters. What do you think of, do we have any clue what we should be thinking about the three of them getting together and saying, we're going to tackle health care reform? Uh, you know, I think it was a really uh, uh, a stunning piece of news uh, this morning okay. to hear, as you say, those three you know, heavyweights getting together uh, to tackle, you know, the rising cost of health care. Uh, it was interesting in that in their press release they said, look, we don't have answers. This is not an easy problem. It's a complex problem. But our aim is to help reduce health care costs for our U.S. employees. Now, it's important to note they weren't talking about setting up a company that's going to you know, correct things for all Americans, but that could ultimately be the aim. You know, Jamie Dimon said that, you know, they're first going to help, you know, their own employees, but potentially they might reach a solution that it could be applicable to, to all uh, U.S. citizens, right? So I think that the, the, the drive is there and the backing is there. Uh, we don't have a lot of details around what this independent company is going to be, but the fact that it's, it's going to be formed around this idea that it's not going to be driven by a profit-making incentive uh, does raise a lot of eyebrows and, and should anyway for investors in healthcare-related stocks because what it implies uh, really is that you know, there could be some uh, profit margin compression uh, in that sector if you get companies like this partnership uh, starting to form that are geared toward, you know, lowering health care costs. And, you know, this might just be one company. I think that the fear is, is that you see uh, this thing become successful and you have a partnership amongst other big companies, you know, come together, and, and then it just creates more competition for traditional health care-related uh, companies like the managed care companies that have dominated the space. We're almost out of time, so I'll give you the last minute to throw anything else out there that's on your mind, Mr. O'Hare. Floor is yours. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I was, you know, contemplating you know, what we've seen here with tax reform, and obviously you've had the payment of, of you know, bonuses to a lot of employees here, and right. and I think that you know you're going to see in January you're going to see a really nice pickup in personal income due to those uh, those bonus payments, and I think that could bode well for some of the sales prospects early in the year here for a lot of the consumer discretionary companies, and so keep an eye out for that, but obviously keep watching interest rates because they're going to dictate the movement of this stock market. Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare. You can find him at briefing.com. Um, I put his segment up on my Facebook page. Briefing sends it out on a Twitter account as well. Briefing's Twitter account should be followed as well at briefing.com. Uh, lots of good content, especially if you're a stock jockey, if you're a, if you're a news junkie like I am, and on business more so than anything else. I just think it's a great way to live, and it's a great way to study. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. 
Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I brought Black talking money, investing in more. Patrick Hare just emailed me, and it was kind of sweet. We just chatted, and uh, he emailed me, and he goes, dawned on me after I got off the air that I'd spoken with you already in 2008. So I guess it was a uh, second time I've wished you happy, happy new year. All right, all right. And all right. I'm good with it. Um, I'm not the type of person at this point in my life where I have to write. I just, I appreciate his friendship. And I hope if I teach you anything, appreciate people and appreciate the moment and sell the drama and when you get enough, enough is enough. Focus on that and love your family. I love making money. It's fun. I love seeing my net worth go higher. It's great. And I am appreciative of the big picture of which oddly enough, Patrick O'Hare also writes a column called the big picture. Um, I, 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 I'm good with that. One down market, one down month, one down year, one down cycle. I don't care. Play the game well, and it'll reward you over time. It's my opinion. Smartphones getting smarter as tech and internet companies inject increasingly sophisticated computer vision and object recognition functions in their hardware and software. I was taking a look at some research yesterday about Tesla, and there was an interesting twist on uh, Elon Musk. And can the company be trusted anymore? Because he he says a lot, and what does he actually deliver? It's it's less impressive. But did he deliver a, a hell of a great car? Yeah, he's a South African American business magnate. He could probably be a bad guy in a James Bond movie. He's got you know the SpaceX thing, so you could see Bond going into space and Elon Musk, you know, tracking him. He just sold 10,000 flamethrowers in two days. Hold on, wait, what? I know, you're right, like, you're what? He did what? He threw, he sold 10,000 flamethrowers. So he's got a company that's trying to dig tunnels. Or they are digging tunnels, because, you know, roads are, are congested with people, and he thinks, well, what a great way to spend money is we can build tunnels under the ground and um, instead of traffic on top of the ground we could have traffic under the ground his plan to sell 20,000 people a $500 a $500 flamethrower branded with the name of his tunnel digging venture it's called Boring B-O-R-I-N-G so he sold a lot of hats with the Boring company as well because it's funny right you know some people wear their Nike hats. Some people wear their Maui hats. Ooh, I've been to Maui. Some people wear their Breckenridge caps. He he said, let's throw a logo called the Boring Company on a flamethrower. And like, that doesn't even make sense. Is it genius? I, it kind of is. But the Boring Company's hit a roadblock. And it gets more news in L.A. than it does here in the Bay Area because it's an L.A. project at this point in time. Now, the idea that Elon Musk wants to sell 20,000 people a $500 flamethrower, 
it, it, it's concerning to me. Like, yes, you are a James Bond villain. Yes, you do have a space company. Yes, you do have the Tesla car company. Yes, you have said things like, if we don't get off this planet, we're all going to die, which is true. But do we really need to be throwing around flamethrowers and selling them to your neighbor? A guy named Mike produces this radio show, and nothing against Mike, but I don't want him having a flamethrower. I don't want my neighbor having a flamethrower. I don't want to have a flamethrower. This is maybe my stance on guns. No, it's my stance on flamethrowers. Um, there's a National Rifle Association, the NRA. They'll have some sort of statement on this at some point, right? Should we be having flamethrowers? So the Alcohol, Tobacco, and, and Firearms Bureau, the ATF, we have that in the United States. They said any flame shorter than 10 feet is A-OK. And Elon Musk said our design is max fun for least danger. I'd be more scared of a steak knife. Wait, wait, it's a flamethrower. <clears throat> Sometimes these business stories you just look at and you're like, did I just read that? So Musk opened pre-orders for the device at $500 piece with shipping slated for spring. So far, his company, the Boring Company, can, let's say he has three companies, Tesla, the car company, SpaceX, this, the company designed to send up satellites in space and do reusable uh, equipment. And then you get the Boring Company. He said that they've sold more than $5 million worth. <laughs> like, again, what the hell? Like, I, this, to me, is like... Why don't you? Why don't we sell like devices to, for the zombie apocalypse? And you've heard commercials, probably on radio, where like, hey, my my dishwasher broke down. Is it covered with the insurance? And they're like, well, only if zombies attack. And the guy goes, well, zombies aren't going to attack. That's never going to happen. But why are we selling flamethrowers now? That story just makes me go, huh? Markets are lower, but that's okay. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com.